Everybody, good to have you here on a Monday afternoon. Oh, this is NFL Draft Week here on Sports Talk. We'll be there soon enough. Getting up at four in the morning, nothing like it on a Thursday. We're going to be, listen, we're going to be so um, revved up for these shows. I don't care if we don't sleep uh, Wednesday into Thursday. It's going to be fine. So we need a, a very nice quick trip to the airport. No, uh, no lines, getting uh, you know, everything checked in or carried on, depending on what we do. What are you doing? Are you checking any bags in? Are you going to no, carry it all on? Carrying it all on. I, Good, I don't because have you're going to help me some radio equipment then. That'll be perfect. Yeah, I, I figured I, I would do that. So we can nice. definitely split that up. Good. And uh, no Good. problem at all going up at 4 in the morning. Good. Uh, and, uh, hey, that's the way to do it. You don't want to uh, worry about no. like, going a little late or missing the flight. Let's get there early. Exactly. And you want to know something? Don't check anything in. Carry it all on. That's, that way you don't have to deal with baggage claim after we land. We just get right out of there and we we go find breakfast and get ourselves out to the strip and go from there. Yeah, Perfect. sounds like a great plan, Steve. I, I'm looking forward to all this. There'll be no sleep from me on Thursday, Friday, so uh, I'm looking forward to all this. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many hours of sleep do you usually get on a good day? Eh, maybe like six, seven hours. That's me now. Yeah, That's okay. what I become. I nice. used to love eight, nine, ten hours sleep. Now... If I get six, I'm lucky. Really? Oh yeah. Okay. Like a, a late six or an early. Like you'll you'll go to bed at like eleven, wake up at like six or something like that. Is that usually, what you usually it's do? between eleven, eleven thirty, up at six thirty. Okay, got you. All right. So that's about it. And then after a good, nice, um, strong cup of coffee, on my way. That's it. That's it. Get the get the engines rolling and get started. You know. Yeah, I could deal with that, Steve. I, I really like uh I really like to wake up early myself, so Good. I have no problem with this at all. Fantastic. Uh Sports Talk Live from the NFL Draft presented by the Window Depot. And also brought to you by our friends at CNM Body Works, Roto Rooter, Expert HVAC and Refrigeration, Taco Avocat, Palo Verde Homes, 915 Tours, Clean Water of El Paso, Cisco Movers, and Longhorn Distributing. And the list just keeps on growing to sponsors. Love that. Thank you all for being a part of the show. We're excited. We're making history. It only took us, what, how long has this radio show been on the air? I think since 1990. So it only took us 32 years to finally get in with the NFL. But you know what? Better late than never, as far as I'm concerned. First NFL draft, next radio row at the Super Bowl. We'll be good to go. Yeah, let's uh, make this a domino, and uh, let's let's go to all the NFL events throughout this year, Steve. I'm, that's what I want. Uh, I want to do Canton and the Hall of Fame. That would be a fun Ooh, one. Ooh, okay. All right. I like this. Never See, been to the NFL Hall of Fame. Never been to Ohio. Okay. Yeah, me. I've never been to the state of Ohio either. So, yeah, that would be awesome. I'm with you on that. By the way, uh, finishing up a story on the website right now about the six UTEP NFL draft hopefuls and – by the looks of things for the six minors that are all uh, going pro, I would bet they're going to get free agent NFL training camp invites. And if you're a free agent, you have to pick anywhere you go. So you can always take the Nick Needham approach, and that is choose wisely and then end up on an NFL roster and end up as a starter on an NFL roster like Needham has because he has really made the most of his opportunities in Miami. Probably the poster child for... Uh, former UTEP minor to really succeed in the NFL as an undrafted free agent, but he did it. Um, nonetheless, Adrian, the more I think about it, the more I look at Dane Brugler's NFL uh, draft book on theathletic.com, which is called The Beast, because it's uh, The Beast has 288 pages of draft knowledge uh, there. 
I mean, there's a chance Darta Lee gets drafted because he's probably the highest-ranked former minor in terms of positional players. I think he's like the 47th best offensive tackle. Um, there's also a chance Walter Neal, Walter Neal Jr. gets selected for uh, the former Kansas State and Utah minor cornerback because he is uh, also in the 70s of a very, very deep cornerback pool. So that could always happen. But then you throw names like Justin Garrett in the mix, Quadrez, Wadley, Bobby DeHaro. They're all there. Davion Inyang. Who knows? All it takes is one team to really like a player that is not on the draft radar and on a Saturday afternoon, suddenly their name gets drafted. And before you know it, we got another former minor on Sundays. Yeah, and that could definitely be the case because when you're mentioning names like Davion Inyang and Justin Garrett, the first thing that jumped off in my brain is those guys are versatile. Like Davion Inyang could play safety. He could play nickel corner. He could play corner. And then he was even telling us at his pro day that he could play a little bit of linebacker. And you look at Justin Garrett, all the time he spent on special teams. I mean, I'm not talking about him being a kick returner or return specialist but he could at least help out on special teams NFL rosters like those kinds of things they need to fill those kinds of roles uh, when you're talking about the uh, offseason workouts the summer camp the uh, preseason time right those are great opportunities you know chances and uh, times for these players to get their opportunities so yeah I'm not sure if we're going to get to hear them called on day one two or three but I, I do think that some of these minors do have a chance to make an NFL roster and that's all they want they want that opportunity they want a shot to prove why they should be on an NFL team. And again, all you need is the name Nick Needham to show you that you can be an unsigned player and make it in the NFL. He's a great example of that. And by the way, that wasn't that long ago with Needham. 2019, that was when he signed in May of 2019 with the Dolphins and the rest is history. Yeah, going up to that draft, people thought he would be taken. It was kind of like the A.J. Hodgkins thing where people thought he could be taken as well because uh, Nick Needham was the leader in Conference USA for pass breakups. A.J. Hodgkins at the time was the leader in total tackles. Uh, it, it didn't happen with A.J. Hodgkins. It happened with Nick Needham. And then a lot of a lot of this also has to do with your agent. How, how much does your agent work for you? How badly does your agent watch you on a roster? And what kind of connections do they have? So that, that's another thing to factor into all of this. Who, who's the agent working with these former minors? Good point. If you have a good enough agent, you can go from there. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so, Jesse at Jesco, the number 90, tweets the show, should I hope the Packers pick up someone to fill up that wide receiving core, or maybe will it be a lineman they go after? Any thoughts, you guys? I mean, their biggest need is wide receiver. All right, that's obvious. You lose Devontae Adams to the Raiders and Marquez Valdez-Scantling to the Chiefs in free agency. So you think about what you've got. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. Um, you need more. You need more than that. And, I mean, you know, now you look at some of the names on the on the board that could be there for them. A guy like Traylon Burks, who I love. I love Burks out of Arkansas. I think he is one of the best receiving prospects there is. You got Justin Ross, who could also be there. So there are nice names available right now if you're Green Bay. And there's no reason why uh, when they do get a chance to pick in the first round, they can't take a, a wide receiver. And I think Green Bay is praying that one of the top five guys drops. And you mentioned Traylon Burks, who's arguably a top five guy. I would probably put him in my list just yep. based on his physical and who he is as a wide receiver. But you look at Jamison Williams, he's progressing more off that ACL injury with Alabama. You look at Chris Olave, maybe there's some kind of way that he drops in the draft. Or if, if wide receivers get taken early,
early, then I do side uh, with what our with uh, what our Twitter followers said on, on social media. Maybe they do look at the tackle position and then upgrade in wide receiver when they can get more bang for their buck in the second round. Maybe they get George Pickens out of Georgia in the second round. He's supposed to fall in the second day. Or John Mechie the third from Alabama. He got hurt in the national championship game, but uh, he's a standout receiver too, and he plays that slot role, which has become such a prime role in the NFL. Let me tell you something. I love Pickens. I do. I think whoever gets Pickens, that's like winning the lottery. So, Because um, I think he could be very well a first-round talent going in the second round. There's guys like that, by the way. You see all the time. Guys that are really first-round ability, but for whatever reason, they find themselves in the second round and they become bargains. Yeah, and you can even look at some of those guys who are not from your uh, big-name Power 5 schools who have dropped down a little bit. Western Michigan's Sky Moore, who's highly regarded. you got to look at North Dakota. Dakota State's wide receiver Christian Watson. That's another name to know. And then a name that minor fans might remember, Boise State's Khalil Shakir. He is somebody who is a stud and lit up the minors. Well, he's going to be a, a guy who gets called in the draft maybe on day two or day three. Don't forget about Jahan Dotson from Penn State. He's another receiver that's considered a first-round possibility and could uh, very well end up in Green Bay before it's all said and done. Yeah, he should be a first-round draft pick. I really like Dotson. That's a great name to mention right there. And, uh, of course, the top two names, it's Garrett Wilson, Drake London, whatever, 1A, 1B, whichever order you want to have them in. Good start, Jesse. Appreciate you giving us uh, some uh, nice NFL draft questions, which we'll be more than happy to address on the show between now and Thursday. And then when we hit Caesars on Thursday, Day, it's going to be utter chaos. It's going to be a blast. We're just going to be a couple of hours from the draft starting. We'll be broadcasting live from the NFL media headquarters uh, out there at Caesars. And who knows what kind of uh, rumblings we're going to get to talk about when we are just uh, those hours away from the NFL draft. So that's going to be really exciting in itself. Now, whoever chose zero on our Twitter poll from Friday about how many minors would sign uh, for the basketball and commit to the basketball team by 4 o'clock on Monday, you're a winner. Congratulations. Because, yes, zero is exactly where we have been uh, all week last week. Really, we haven't gotten any new names. And not since um, Mario McKinney Jr., I believe, was the last minor to commit for the 2022-23 season. UTEP still right now, as we begin the show today, has six spots open. If you count everybody that uh, that has committed so far and you take the 13 available scholarships, they've got seven. They inherit three. They've added four. They've got six to go. And Adrian, I know a lot of minor fans are hoping one, two, don't even think about three because that's asking a lot. But unfortunately, we are still right now with a donut after uh, the weekend. Yeah, I mean, 59% of our voters on social media uh, guessed at least two. At least two prospects would be signing by the weekend. Instead, we're talking on Monday where there has been zero prospects signed from the minors. But we did get one thing, Steve. We got one thing out of the weekend, and that was a uniform pick uh, picture, and that was from uh, Day Day Grant. He visited from Miami, Ohio. That's somebody that the minors are targeting. Uh, at the same time... Day Day's handler had one of the weirdest messages on Twitter that I've seen in a while. So uh, Day Day apparently took a trip along with Aaron Slimtone Whitehead, who on Twitter had this picture of Day Day. I'm assuming it's also Slimtone and um, Earl Boykins. 
and Day Day was in a UTEP jersey, and the tweet, which, by the way, was taken in the UTEP locker room, said the following. No, he didn't sign. LOL. Just a visit. Hashtag UTEP. Now, I don't know about you, Adrian, but when I saw that, I'm like, seriously? Did you have to put it like that? Couldn't you have just said, you know, day days at UTEP for a visit, excited about that, instead of, no, he didn't sign, LOL? I mean, is that what it's come to now in social media when you're UTEP and recruiting? You get a picture and you want to make sure that the guy's uh, handler's like, oh, no, no, we, 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 <laughs> stop. We didn't sign. No, no, no. We're just taking a visit. Don't, don't, don't get confused. I mean, we're not going to be a, a minor this weekend. We're just in El Paso going to visit the university. Seriously, I saw that tweet and I'm like, what is going on here? Why Did you have to put it that way, pal? Couldn't you have just worded it a little differently when you took the picture? Yeah, it was such a weird, weird tweet by Aaron Whitehead, who joined, I guess, uh, Day-Day uh, Grant on the visit to UTEP. But yeah, I, I mean, come on, man. Just say official to UTEP. Official visit to UTEP. That's what I see all across social media from guys when they post that they're on their visits. Uh, instead, we get this kind of weird remark. Uh, and we are hearing, Steve, that and this is uh, per KTS Sims Colin Deaver, which we kind of heard over the weekend as well as far as rumors. Shamar Givens, who is um, Jawan Newton's teammate from Evansville, he visited also over the weekend uh, to El Paso. So just a couple names to know right there as far as prospects that the Miners are after and who made their official visit. I just found that whole thing very weird uh, all, all around. I did too. And by the way, I think the visits are going to continue all weekend long until they go ahead and they uh, eventually get themselves uh, some players signed. I think that's – right now, you know what? They're busy. They've been hosting all last week. They hosted this weekend. They're hosting now. They're hosting Tuesday. You know what? I think uh, you know Joe Golden could be heading out, possibly some home visits. So they're, they're active right now. They're trying to get this locked up over the next six days because we know about the May 1st deadline. Otherwise, just go fill your six spots with grad transfers and load them up for one year and then just reload and do it again next year, which might not be a bad idea. With the, the portal the way it is, I almost think that six grad transfers who could all play one season and you just do it again next year, that could become the reality in college hoops anyway. So why not go out and try to get the best six players you can find? Yeah, get the six grad transfers as kind of a one last stop for them. And then in the process of that, develop your younger guys who you expect to be program guys for the next next three or four years. I guess that would be my method around that. One other thing on Day-Day from Miami, Ohio. He also took a trip to Duquesne over the weekend along with another guy that the Miners are targeting, and that's Tevin Brewer from Florida International. So in addition to coming to UTEP, uh, Day-Day also visited Duquesne over the weekend. Ah, But he didn't post a jersey pick over there. No, he didn't. Just here. So he did. He did. He did. He take the trip with Brewer to Duquesne, or did he take the trip with Brewer to UTEP? No, I, I just know that he was he was on like a separate trip uh, with Brewer, um, like over the weekend to Duquesne. I don't know if oh, Brewer okay. uh, made it to El Paso or not. So Brewer, who was originally a target of UTEP, found himself at Duquesne over the weekend. Right. Yes, he visited Duquesne over the weekend. I'll say this: the one guy who I was really hoping would be a minor this weekend who's not is Deuce Turner. He's the one that averaged 19 a game in junior college and ended up signing with the University of San Diego. We found that out, I think, this morning. That's a tough break because I know the Myers were hoping 
that uh, Deuce, who uh, had a terrific year and is just one of those guys that can light it up in the scoring column, could have ended up being a minor when it was all said and done. Yes, and they were looking at him and his teammate in Malik Zachary, also from South Plains College. Both those guys were kind of that point guard, shooting guard duo, so you bring both of those guys as junior college transfers. Uh, well, now you're out on one guy, and that's Deuce Turner. Let's see if the minors will still try to go after Malik Zachary or not. Our telephone number is 505-6009 here on Sports Talk. That's 505-6009. We'll get to Orley right after Charlie. He'll kick us off with our first traffic update of the afternoon. Oh, that's right. We got Todd Archer coming up next. Talk Cowboys. Let's tuck in Orly then very quickly. Orly, I've got Todd Archer from ESPN.com on the uh, on deck. So go ahead. Let's get you in quick. What's going on, guys? Long Welcome. Time no talk. Welcome back, Orly. Yep, we made it to another lit season. Did well and didn't call in. You know, talking about all these portal changes. I understand a lot of these guys, but they're making lateral moves. They're not, I mean, they're going to schools that are just as good as UTEP or same level. Just like the young girl, Gallego, she goes to Tulsa. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the Katia move in a moment. That is a a, a little bit of a head scratcher because there really is not much of an upgrade at all from Tulsa to El Paso. So, yeah. Well, the only only thing would be would be the conference. Sure. The competition will be better. Sure. But otherwise, than that, and real quick, Debo Samuel, he wants to leave the San Francisco 49ers. Goodbye. Don't worry about it. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I like you it. You know, it's not, it's not about him. It's a system. And the system made him. You know, if he wants to get that, send him to Detroit. See how good it is in Detroit. Or send him to the Jets. See where he's going to get lost over there. You there you go. Nice. Way to, way to take a shot. Way to take a shot at the Jets. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Giants playing good ball right now. Swept the Nationals. Yeah, as long as they got out of New York, they're doing okay. Boy, you're not kidding. That that double dip, bases loaded in the top of 10. They couldn't get them in. That's a tough loss. Call me back, Orly. It's good to hear your voice. We appreciate you, but we got to get to break and come back with Todd Archer right after Charlie won, who's got a traffic update. All right, welcome back, everybody, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Let's head back to our 600 ESPN El Paso hotline and welcome in this man. Good to have Todd Archer back with us. Covers the Cowboys for ESPN.com. As the Cowboys get ready for a uh, big uh, weekend of drafting. Todd, good to have you on. And I know for Cowboy fans, uh, this is always an exciting time of the year, especially since, as we've known over the years, uh, Jerry is very unpredictable when it comes to uh, what he might end up doing, especially in the first round. Yeah, and, and, you know, Trader Jerry's kind of, I guess he traded up, or he traded back last year and was able to get Micah Parsons and, Got an extra pick out of it from from a divisional rival, but uh, you know this year I'm sure when we talk to Jerry tomorrow at the pre-draft press conference, he'll say, "Yeah, we could trade up, or we we could trade down, or we could stay exactly where we are at 24." So, I mean, when it comes to the Cowboys in the draft, we know Jerry loves the attention, and you know everything is is on the table for what the Cowboys um, might do. Although we, one thing I will rule out, they will not draft a quarterback at number 24. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's safe to uh, eliminate that. I agree with you. And at the same time, since the Cowboys only have one pick in the first round, as opposed to so many teams that have multiple picks, and you know they don't pick again until uh, 24 in the second round, so 56th overall, could you potentially see the Cowboys trading back and, and maybe adding some extra picks? Maybe it makes sense this year. Yeah, that, that makes more sense when you hear everybody talk about the depth of the draft and 
the positions of need and where, you know, everything kind of fits together than it would be for the Cowboys to trade up. And just because, look, we, we've spent an offseason discussing the Cowboys and free agency and what they don't do, and now that they don't, they don't believe they have their, they'd be wise to make major investments with the salary cap. Well, to, to avoid all those issues, you need as many picks as you can get to have a, you know, a, a, I hate to say it this way when these guys make so much, but a, a middle to lower class on your roster that's performing ab- above what they're being paid when you have all these guys that are among the highest paid at the position. So the, the more picks, the, the better off you'll be, you're better off. The odds are, are better that you'll get players that can help you um, and you can afford to miss a little bit. But one thing the Cowboys have done well lately, really since 2014 when Will McClay took over, is draft. They, they've drafted really well. And they're going to need another good draft here this weekend to help supplement a roster that has a high-paid quarterback, a high-paid running back, high-paid offensive line, high-paid defensive end, and soon-to-be high-paid linebacker, cornerback, and wide receiver uh, that, that they're going to have to give money to in the next couple, three years. I agree with you. Uh, by the way, uh, you would know this better than I do. Uh, I was looking at the first four rounds, and they pick in their spot every you know every round in the first four, uh, and then they got a bunch of picks in the fifth. Uh, do the Cowboys usually in their first four rounds have either multiple picks, less than uh, their their normal allotment, or is this pretty much on par for what you've seen with Jerry as far as the first four goes? It's kind of on par for what they've had. Um... You know, last year they picked up an extra pick when they moved down in, in the trade with the Eagles and, and they were to get Parsons. I think they picked up an extra three uh, maybe. So last year they had three third-round picks uh, and, and they got Oso Digazua, Chauncey Golston, and Nashawn Wright, all guys that kind of helped in different ways as rookies. So, you know, that, that scenario is a lie. But usually if they make moves up, it's not the last big one they've made really in the first round was in 2012 to go get Mo Claiborne. And then in 2014, they moved up to 34 overall to take DeMarcus Lawrence. That was swapping twos and giving a third to Washington, I believe, was the team for that one. So, you know, it, it, what I always think funny about Jerry and the trading is he does a lot of these deals with the, within the NFC East. And, and, and in some of them, it's actually worked out better for the Cowboys uh, than it has for those other teams. And, and Parsons is the perfect Example, last year, you'd think everybody in the division would, would run a do-over on that one and take Micah Parsons with the rookie year he had. Great point. Todd Archer with us uh, here on Sports Talk as we continue right now. If you had to pick the number one need for the Cowboys, do you go offensive line, defensive line, or receiver? I, I go offensive line. And, I, you know, you use the Cowboys draft by what they do or don't do in free agency. And normally, in my mind, they do a good job of filling holes in free agency so they don't absolutely positively have to target one position. Well, this year in free agency, they've not added an offensive lineman. They lost Connor Williams. They've, they released Lael Collins. Um, so to me, offensive line is the biggest need for, for this team at, at 24. And just a little secret, we have our NFL Nation mock draft uh, coming out here soon. I took Zion Johnson from Boston College a- as that pick. So I-, I think it's offensive line. But my sneaky feeling is, and maybe it's just because of what the Cowboys uh, have done here with-, with skill position players, is if a guy like Traylon Burks is there or Chris Olave or a wide receiver of note that we're not thinking about, 
they could go wide receiver offensive line, uh, wide receiver at 24 and then get your offensive lineman in the second round. Uh, I, I think out of those top two rounds, it has to be offensive line, wide receiver, and some combination. Zion Johnson, though, is special, isn't he? Because here's a guy that played left tackle at BC, but in uh, the Senior Bowl, he also worked out at guard and center. So you got, like, the ultimate versatility in a guy that could play a multiple uh, set of positions for you in the NFL. Absolutely. And you look at Mike McCarthy's history, excuse me, when we was in Green Bay, he would take tackles and move him to guard. Uh, Josh Sitton Sitton comes to mind. T.J. Lane comes to mind. Guys, excuse me again. Guys that have done had long, productive careers as tackles in college to move to guard. So Johnson fits the bill of what they would want out of offensive linemen. He's big. He's strong. He can protect Dak up the middle. He can open up holes for Elliott and Tony Pollard. So that that's why I went with him. And, and they liked Kenyon Green too from A and M. He'd be another uh, possibility. But I, I think Johnson is a guy that fits the bill because maybe he could be your starting center too if if you don't like what. Tyler Biotis is doing for you. More with Todd Archer as we continue here on Sports Talk. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. We're coming back in less than two minutes on 600 ESPN El Paso. Thank you very much. Todd Archer back with us. Covers the uh, Dallas Cowboys for ESPN.com. Has forever. We appreciate the time. Adrian, I know you've got one for Todd. Let's fire away. Todd, I want to ask you about Debo Samuel. Is there any way the Cowboys look at Debo Samuel, try to make a call before uh, the draft on Thursday? I I don't believe so. And and part of me says they just cut a guy, or, or I guess traded a guy that was making more than $20 million. Uh, as a receiver in Amari Cooper to Cleveland. So you'd have to give up draft picks, players, whatever the the deal would be to the Niners, and then sign Debo Samuel to a contract. So just given how the Cowboys have looked at this thing and how they've constructed their roster with a $40 million quarterback, I don't see them coming up with a $20 million wide receiver again unless it's C.D. Lamb two years down the road and C.D flourishes as the number one receiver I, I again with jerry as we talked about in the beginning you never rule anything out but that one would surprise me if they were to go that route and, and maybe they should maybe they, they should go the rams route and just say screw the cap and and let's just go and try do everything we can to, to win a super bowl but that's not been their mo here in, in quite a long time well, you mentioned receivers earlier on, and some of those uh, you talked about, I could see them being gone before the Cowboys pick. Um, another name that we've heard about is uh, Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. Is he somebody that Jerry likes on that offensive line? Uh, the way it was ex- explained to me is they like him, they don't love him. Uh, and some of it is he's he's maxed out at 290-some-odd pounds. He's got short arms. He's a really good, productive player, but – not maybe not the fit that they would want, um, and maybe again, what I'm being told is just kind of all lies to to make sure I'm saying the Cowboys aren't on the scent with him, but and they and they actually are. But uh, I'll, I'll believe the people I've talked to that say again they like him, but maybe not at 24. You wrote about 10 uh, days ago that Jerry was open to trading up, but should the Cowboys stay put? If you had to just gauge right now uh, value-wise, it's impossible to say, isn't it? Because you never know who's going to fall when an opportunity could you know, enter itself to trade up and uh, you know, when you, you might be able to make a deal and, and suddenly reap the benefits. 
Right, and part of the reason why I say they shouldn't trade up is because of how the cap, what they are against the cap here going forward with Dak's contract, Zeke's contract. Even if they were to move on from Zeke after the 2022 season, he'd still count a pretty good chunk against their cap. Same with Tyron Smith. Uh, Zach Martin's number is pretty high. And then you got to factor in the numbers that they're going to have. When you look at the, the receiver contracts, the cornerback contracts, you know, Trayvon Diggs led the league in picks. He's going to be a guy that, if he continues in that trend, might be the highest-paid cornerback uh, here in a couple of years. And C.D. Lamb, he's going to be in the $20 million neighborhood if he continues to go that way. And, oh, by the way, Micah Parsons would probably be the highest-paid defensive guy here in a couple, three seasons um, based on what he did as a rookie. So they're trying to, to keep their projections clear, and that's why you're going to need four fifth-round picks that they have this year. You'll need three of those guys on your roster three years from now to help balance the books. Um, but, you know, small trade-ups uh, to, to target a specific player, I can see the Cowboys doing that. Big trade-ups where you got to give up a lot of your draft capital, that one, that one would surprise me just because of the construction of their roster. Zeke is in the middle of a six-year, $90 million contract that he signed back in 2019. Had a good year last year, one of the best one-two punches in the league with Tony Pollard. Are the Cowboys pretty happy right now with Zeke? or Could you ever see a situation where they, they try to get out of that contract and, and unload him someplace? Well, no, no, there's, he's really they, – they can't unload him anywhere because you know his production last year slipped because of the knee injury that he had. You go to the start of the season, though, before he got hurt, it was one of his, he was looking like Zeke his first couple, three seasons. Uh, so they're hopeful that he can rebound and be the guy that they saw at the beginning of last season before he suffered that, the ligament injury that, that really impacted him for a good 11, 12 weeks of the year. Uh, so you, you're not going to be able to move him and get any value. And then there's, he's still, his base salary this year is guaranteed. So you really can't move on from him. But after this year, you're out of the guaranteed money portion of that contract. And that's why I think this could be Zeke's last year unless he produces a huge, gigantic season and they win. Um, you know, the, 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 we, we all know running backs in their history and, and why you don't pay them. You know, you, you look at all the guys that have gotten paid recently from Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, even Derrick Henry to a degree. It seems like every time they sign those big deals, they get hurt or their production drops off, um, or both, in, in Zeke's case, to, to a degree. So I, I think, you know, this is, a, this is a situation where, you know, Zeke is, I don't want to say he's fighting for his life from the Cowboys, because if he plays the way he did the first month of last season, I think he could be back. But I don't think you'll see any team really come out of there and say, okay, let's, let's go give up some draft picks and go get a running back when – Teams have shown that they can get running backs in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds and still be successful. Sounds to me, though, that that could even be more reason why the Cowboys could take a running back in the fifth round, considering they have four picks as it stands right now. And running backs are no longer first-round draft choices like they used to be. Most of the good ones are taken really anywhere between the third and the fifth round and have a chance to uh, eventually turn into a pro bowlers. Right, you look at Tony Pollard, right? I mean, he was a fourth-round pick. But the, the thing with Tony, he's entering, entering in the last year of his contract. So you very well, next April, if we're, we're talking about the Cowboys and their draft, we might be talking about a situation where 
the Cowboys have to go get a running back because Zeke's gone and Tony Pollard signed as a free agent somewhere else. So, and, and as of now, we've really not heard the Cowboys talking to Pollard and his agent about a contract extension that might be team friendly. Um, so, yeah, a, a running back makes sense in those middle rounds, but they have so many other needs that they need players for 2022 that unless they're staring at a guy that let's say they had a second round grade on at the, at the end of the fourth round or, or, or the one of their first, one of their early fifth rounders, maybe that's when they would make that kind of move. But I would almost, this is going to sound stupid. I'd almost use a fifth round pick on a kicker. They don't have a kicker at the moment. <laughs> so, you know, the, Hey, the Bengals, it worked for the Bengals taking a kicker in the fifth round. We, we saw what McPherson was able to do for them. Maybe the Cowboys uh, do something like that and, and, and get, get the Dicker kid from, from Texas or uh, the LSU kicker is another one that, that is a possibility. But that would surprise me too uh, I, I, if the Cowboys were to select a kicker. But I can make a case that the kicker might be more of a draft need for the Cowboys than a running back. Todd, what do you have coming up on ESPN.com this week on Draft Week for Cowboys fans? Yeah, well, we, we got a story coming about Dak Prescott and his uh, draft memories and the Dak 7. Uh, the, the, uh, you know, we all know about the Brady 6. Well, he has something on the Dak 7. The, the, the seven quarterbacks chosen before Prescott and the Cowboys got him in the fourth round and him talking about how that kind of still drives him uh, today. As a, and, and he's got a tattoo of 135 on the inside of his right wrist to remind him of where he was picked. So that's something. And then we got um, – we got all of our draft coverage with NFL Nation that will be coming on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, another story about the Cowboys and how they, they're, they've trended more here lately to power five guys over small school players, especially the at last eight years compared to the previous eight years. Um, and, and that's an interesting note when you consider the Cowboys' history when they've found guys out of nowhere, right, in schools that no one even heard of, um, that they've been trending more towards the power five guys. But I know you have Rob Lofsky coming up here, right? We do. We've got Rob in about 20 minutes. That's right. So when Rob comes on, tell him, you got to call him the mayor of Green Bay. Call him the mayor. He'll, he'll really appreciate that. Uh, and have him explain why he's the mayor. It's a great story. Hopefully he'll get in there and, and tell, you, tell you why we all call Rob the mayor of Green Bay. I'm looking forward to that. We'll start the interview with that, Todd. Excellent work as always. And, <laughs> hey, appreciate the time, and thanks for joining us today. You got it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Todd Archer, folks. You can follow him on Twitter at Todd Archer and check out all of his great work at ESPN.com. As he mentioned, Rob Domovsky, 20 minutes away. We'll talk to the mayor of Green Bay right after this KVIA news update. Here's some breaking news for you UTEP basketball fans begging for news. Well, we've got it right now. And uh, this is according to Jake Lieberman, who has just tweeted out, that Southern Miss transfer Tay Hardy has committed to UTEP. Recently visited, I believe not this weekend, but the previous weekend, averaged 13.7 points per game at uh, Southern Miss. And now, Adrian, Tay Hardy is the newest minor. Finally, 
Finally, UTEP has another commit that they can add to the list. He is a minor. He averaged back-to-back double-digit scoring seasons at Southern Miss. Uh, And somebody who didn't necessarily play for any successful teams at Southern Miss, but somebody who probably wants to win. Steve, he's probably tired of losing with the Golden Eagles, wants to join the minors and see what he can do over here uh, in Conference USA. And it's interesting, right, because they're not conference mates anymore. It's not like Southern Miss is going to be playing the minors. They're headed to the Sun Belt. And so it's a... It's a former Conference USA uh, foe right here that they're getting uh, Tay Hardy from. So Tay Hardy uh, played 23 games as a freshman, averaged 2.3 points per game. Then in the uh, COVID year, played 23 games, averaged 11 points per game. Uh, Only played seven games last year due to injury, averaged 13.7 points per game. So I believe Tay Hardy should have two years left with UTEP. And he is a 6'3", 191-pound guard. That's what they need, Steve. They need a, a score-first guy like him who can, who's, uh, who can score in double figures. Uh, I don't actually remember him playing the, against the Miners this past year, and the reason is because he didn't. He he was out uh, right after the, uh, I guess it was like a November 26th game, so he's pretty much out from uh, Southern Miss since then. Uh, so let's see what he can do with the Miners now that he's hungry to get back onto the court. Yeah, exactly right. So anyway, that's uh, good news for UTEP. They get the first player in uh, Tay Hardy, and uh, assuming that... That uh, Jake's tweet holds, which it should. That will give UTEP five left to give out. Five scholarships now that Tay Hardy is on board. Which, by the way, I mean, if you're UTEP, you've got your list of guards that you're targeting right now. And now you put Hard- uh, you put uh, Tay Hardy with Mario McKinney Jr. I'm going to be interested to see how many more guards they go after. That's a really good point right there, Steve, because I'm curious to know like who are the other difference makers they could try to get it to fill out their backcourt. They still need a wing. I know that Colin Deaver reported recently that they're thinking about Jamari Sibley playing out of the perimeter, but I'm curious to see where they decide to throw Tay Hardy when it's all said and done. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we'll wrap up the hour with uh, John, who joins us next. Hey, John, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Steve? Uh, a couple of quick things. Uh, first, the NBA playoffs. Um. First, I hope it ends tonight for the Nets. Okay. Go Celtics. Um, KD's mom is the real MVP. Okay. Um, reason why, what has KD done without Clay, Stur- uh, Clay Draymond, and, Clay, and Curry since he left Golden State? He hasn't won anything. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. So just, I mean, for me... I get it, KD's a superstar, but, dude, you got to win something. Oh, he hasn't been you very good in this, uh, in this series, that's for sure. No, what, what was it, a couple of nights ago he went 0-10 in the second half? Yeah. Or something, 0-12? for 12? So, but, I mean, this is great. Maybe it'll end the super team thing. Um, What's as next? As the other, yes. The, the other series that is kind of intriguing me um, is Dallas. They're playing really well. They are I playing think they really can, well. That's they, true. They, they, uh, that Brunson dude, man. I guess he just wants to wait for the playoffs to do something, huh? Well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, I'm I'm fascinated because basically now it's turned into a best of three because it's all tied up mm-hmm. into a piece with Dallas hosting tonight. So, do we know is Luca back tonight? Yeah, he's he was back last game. So that's a, that's a done deal. All right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. So that's a done deal. And uh, Steve, real quick, last thing, baseball. Bravo, Kyle Schwarber, last night. I know my Phil's lost, 
but Steve, it is time for robotic umpires. <laughs> that was brutal last yep. night, but at least we'll give it to Angel Hernandez. He was fair on both sides, but that was still brutal. Well, I lost count of how many strikes he tried. He called on the other side of the batter's box. Schwarber uh, at least uh, took his frustrations out like he should have, so that's good. You want to see your, your players get fired up, and Schwarber went crazy yesterday, so I'm happy. Happy you like that. Good job, John. Appreciate the call. All right, the mayor of Green Bay is coming up next. Rob Domofsky, as Sports Talk continues on our NFL draft coverage and more UTEP conversation as well on 600 ESPN El Paso. On the Tay Hardy to the Miners uh, here in just a little bit. But our NFL draft coverage continues because we are going to be live uh, in Vegas Thursday, Friday this week from the draft. So excited to have this man back with us for another go round. He uh, covers the Packers for ESPN.com. He is a frequent uh, contributor here on Sports Talk. I am talking about none other than Rob Domofsky, the mayor of Green Bay, who joins us next. <laughs> How are you, Rob? Hey, good, Steve. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, I like shoot, say, you just must, ref- hey, you must have, real, yeah. real quick, you must have talked to uh, Dan Graziano, my colleague at ESPN, uh, if you're calling me the mayor, because there's a good story behind that that Graziano loves. Believe it or not, the person that gave us the mayor of Green Bay moniker for you is uh, none other than Todd Archer. Uh, okay, well, that, yes, then that makes sense. Uh, but did Archer tell you that I once um, sort of accidentally on purpose gave the finger to the mayor of Green Bay, and that's why I have the... Um, that's why I have that nickname. No, how did it happen? Tell me what, what, well, how'd you accidentally on purpose <laughs> give him the finger? Long story short, it was early on a Saturday morning. I was uh, going out to play golf and I was stopping by uh, an ATM to get some cash. Uh, the ATM happened to be right next to a Green Bay farmer's market in the summer. And there's a little alleyway and I may or may not have been going a little fast down the alleyway on my way to get some cash. And I see this guy kind of jump out from around the building and he yells at me, slow down. And for whatever reason, my first instinct was just to stick my finger out the window and let it fly. And I looked at him, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the mayor of Green Bay. And it was like one of those movies that went into slow motion where you you know, you lock eyes with the guy and then uh, you, you just keep going. So, yeah, they, those guys love that story. So Archer and Graz call me the mayor. Have you met the mayor of Green Bay since the finger incident? Yes, and in fact, it was the net that later that summer, the Packers had opened their new uh, training camp practice field, and on the first day, uh, I was talking to one of the Packers executives, and the mayor walked up, and, he, and the mayor, uh, his name was Jim Schmidt at the time, and this guy from the Packers says, uh, says Rob, you know Mayor Schmidt, right? And I kind of looked at him, and he kind of looked at me, and I said, oh, yeah, and, and I, think, I, I think he remembered or knew it was me at the time, but we never spoke of it. Well, that's a good story. I like that. So, yeah, we'll try to keep you as the mayor of Green Bay from now on. I love it. Um, Rob, the draft is right around the corner, and it seems like a a foregone conclusion that the Packers are going to address their need at wide receiver. Do you think it's coming up in the first round, or what do you think? uh, If if you had to pick the biggest need for the team, what is it right now? Yeah, I mean, the biggest need is without question receiver, but I feel like We've been down this path with, with them a couple of times. I mean, you know, the last uh, two drafts, I would think you'd put receiver in their top need, and they didn't take one 
uh, you know, in the first round. They didn't take one in the second round last year. It was a third round a pick, a slot guy, Amari Rogers out of Clemson, who did basically next to nothing last year as a rookie. And, you know, look, they haven't drafted a receiver in the first round since 2002. That was Javon Walker. It's, the, I believe, the longest or the second longest streak in the league without taking a receiver in the first round. And quite frankly, I think there's two reasons for it. One, um, that, you know, for a long time, receiver was considered the hardest position to break into. And if you're going to use a first-round pick on someone, you want that guy to contribute right away. And two, Aaron Rodgers is really hard on rookie receivers. It takes a while for him to, to, to break that break the mold and, and break the receiver down and build them back to what he wants. But I think a couple of things have changed. I think the fact that you've seen a lot of receivers come in and have a massive seasons. I mean, two years ago, Justin Jefferson, a guy I was told that the Packers liked had a monster season for, for the Vikings as a rookie last year, uh, Jalen Waddle and, and Jamar chase both had huge, you know, thousand plus yard seasons as rookies. And, and I think, receivers are coming into the league more prepared and two Randall Cobb told us last week that you know he, he's seen Rogers soften a little bit and he's like hey you know this guy was hard on me as a rookie and now he's really becoming you know a, a much better leader and, and better communicator and, and figuring out you know how to get more out of these guys early uh, maybe all that would will add up to them using you know one of these two first round picks on a receiver but given how deep this receiver class is you might be able to find a receiver that's uh, in the second round that's that's ready to play right away. But let's look at a guy like uh, Traylon Burks, for example, who many think that uh, the Packers could mm-hmm. take with their 22nd pick out of Arkansas. I mean, he's a big, strong kid. He had a great career yeah. in college. I mean, you could see him becoming the next big thing if the Packers decide yeah. to go there, right? Well, f- physically, he reminds a lot of people of Devontae Adams. And I, and I know, you know, there's there's some, some guys, you know, like Jahan, Dotson of Penn State, very good receiver, but he's small, uh, and, and they have slot receivers. I mean, Cobb you know, is a slot receiver, and then Amari Rogers, who I mentioned, they drafted him basically to be the next Randall Cobb. I just don't know that they spend you know, a first-round pick on, on someone like Dotson, not to pick on him. I just don't know that they need that right now. So a guy like Burks gives you the Devontae Adams type of size and strength and uh, just ability to, to win – at the line of scrimmage, which is what Devontae Adams was so good at. Not saying that anybody's going to come in here and do what Devontae Adams did, but uh, that's the type, the bigger, stronger receivers, that's the type of guys that they have preferred around here lately. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so if a, if a Chris Olave is on the board still at 22, right. um, you know that would be an interesting decision because he doesn't have the it Burke size, but he's still such a great receiver. Yeah, fast, you know, shifty, all that. I mean, if it came, if both of them were, were there – I would, that would be really, really interesting to me. Uh, we're going to do our ESPN uh, mock draft uh, show uh, where each of us uh, that cover e- each of the teams makes the pick. And, you know, if that scenario were to present itself, I think that would be a really hard decision. I do think that there's a decent chance Olave could go, you know, somewhere higher than that. And, and heck, Burks might go somewhere higher than 22 as yeah. well. So. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, if, if all those guys were there, Alave, Dotson, and, and Burks, I would think from what I can tell uh, from what kind of player they like, I would guess Burks would be the pick. But, but you know, it would be interesting. Uh, is Christian Watson in the discussion? Because I saw him on uh, one of the yeah. boards, I think, with Kuiper. Yeah, and, and I think that would be more at, at 28 if they don't get a receiver at 22. 
um, you know, let's say they go with an edge rusher or, or an offensive tackle at 22. I, I could see that. Um, you know, I think uh, Pickens, is it George Pickens? Uh, look at so many names. Yep. Uh, he's another, oppor- another possibility at 28 as well. Um, you know, if the top five or six receivers are gone at 22, it wouldn't surprise me if they took a, a defensive lineman or an edge rusher or defensive tackle and then tried to address receiver later on. Who do the Packers really like as far as edge rushers go right now, uh, Rob? Yeah, it's hard to tell, but, um, you know, I, I think one guy that's that's probably worth considering is George Karloftis out of Purdue, um, you know, defensive end, more of a hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy, but certainly could, could rush from a stand-up position, could also get down and play inside. I mean, they lost to Darius Smith. They had to cut him for, for a couple reasons, salary and performance. Uh, they still have two really good rushers in Rashawn Gary and, and Preston Smith on the outside and a really good interior lineman in Kenny Clark. But a guy like Karloftis could give them, you know, legitimately, you could line up all four of those guys on third down in your dime package, and you'd have a pretty darn good front. Rob Domofsky with us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Karloftis, by the way, um, one of the highest-ranked uh, edge rushers on the board. It doesn't seem like there's a ton of guys that uh, essentially are, are, you know, are considered uh, comparables that could go before him. So it's very possible that the Packers could be sitting pretty either at 22 or 28 and get Karloftis. Yeah, yeah, and there's people that don't have him in the first round. I mean, that that's 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 possible too. I mean, we asked General Manager Brian Gutekunst how many guys do you have legitimate first round grades on and he, he would basically wouldn't answer it but I had, I had heard uh, a press conference with uh, Brett Veach the GM in Kansas City who said they only have 16 or 18 uh, guys with first round grades on them uh, but you know they still think they can get one of those guys because not everybody grades everybody the same way so uh, you know it, it's it, any given year you know there's there's you know if, of the 32 slots there, there might only be teams that that really have high first round grades on, you know, 16, 18, 20 of these guys. And you just hope that, you know, somebody that you grade that way is there. And, and that's why I think you've seen there's just so much, um, there's so much variety in this draft for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think there's any obvious, you know, consensus number one pick. There's no quarterbacks ranked that high. So I think everything else is kind of thrown into uh, the ping pong, the lottery ping pong machine, and, and different people are going to pull out different things. Uh, based on what they're looking for and what they like. Rob, the good thing about the Packers, they have four picks in what? The first 59, 59. 60 picks. So yeah. so really, they've got a chance to address multiple needs or load up on one position and uh, and really yeah. get some great value out of this draft. Yeah, I highly doubt they're going to go like draft, you know, two or three receivers with those picks, but there is some some history where they've loaded up and it's been a while, but Brian Gutekunst, the GM was here as a scout, and I'm going back a long way as I realized, but he was a scout in 1999 when Randy Moss had just come into the division with the Vikings and the Packers' defense was struggling. They literally used their first three picks on cornerbacks. Uh, they took uh, Antoine Edwards in the first round. I believe it was Fred Vincent in the second and Mike McKenzie in the third. McKenzie ended up being a really good player. Uh, the others really did not. But, I mean, they, they knew they had to get corners, and they drafted three of them. I'll fast forward to 2012. Again, Gutekunst was, I believe, the director of college scouting under Ted Thompson at that time. In 2011, the Packers' defense was ranked 32nd in the league, dead last. The next year, the next draft, they used their first six picks on defensive players. So it's not out of the question that they could 
you know, take a position like receiver and say, we're not just going to draft one guy high. We might draft two or three uh, and, and really address it that way. But um, there's so much, uh, they, they have a lot of, they have 11 picks, right? So if they wanted to move up in any round, really, they could do it. Um, the other thing to keep in, uh, in mind, Steve, that uh, Gutekunst has, has made, uh, let's see, this is his four, fifth draft. In the previous uh, four years, he's traded in the first round three times. So three out of his four drafts, he's, he's made first round trades always to go up. He actually went back and then back and then down and then back up one year when he took Jair Alexander. But he, he likes to move in the first round if there's a player that, you know, that he's got his eye on and really wants to go get. I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, maybe they they moved up, uh, you know, a few spots in, in the first round. Rob Domofsky with us here on Sports Talk from ESPN.com covers the Packers. I know this sounds crazy, but with those eleven picks, could you see the Packers addressing specific needs on special teams and maybe trying to solve some of those uh, through the draft? Yeah, I I think that you know their their philosophy has always been we're going to draft position players and hope they can play on special teams, and, and as you've seen, that really hasn't worked out very well. Uh, I do think that there could be you know, more of an emphasis on guys whose skill sets you know, are, are more you know, specifically designed to a certain role, whether it's coverage or protection or things like that, and they might have to keep some guys around that maybe they would have cut previously, but you know, keep them, even if they're not, you know, say, high on the depth chart at whatever position there is, but that they're outstanding at special teams, they might have to readjust their thinking there. And I, and I think Rich Passaccia, the new special teams coach, who of course was, you know, the Raiders interim head coach last year, I think he's going to have a lot of say in, in, in at least recommending players. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're always going to listen and take the guy he wants, but I think they're going to uh, give him, you know, Hey, give us guys you really like from a special teams perspective, because we can't have what happened last year uh, you know, in that playoff game against the 49ers happened to us again. We just, you know, too many special teams mistakes all, all of last year. And, and it's not just coaching. It's, it's personnel, and I think they're going to at least be more willing to address that. I have to bring up the Debo Samuel point because uh, the Packers have been prominently mentioned in that despite being in uh, cap hell uh, this offseason. Yeah. Can you actually see a situation where that happens? Sure, yeah, I could. I think there's... Uh, a couple of roadblocks specific to the Packers uh, is, is one, they value draft picks. They don't necessarily want to give up a lot of high draft picks. They, they, they like to you know, keep their picks, their draft and develop. Uh, two, he's going to require a huge contract. And if there's a receiver that they like uh, you know, just as much or believe that he can become that, then they're probably more likely not to because you can get a receiver on a rookie contract, which is much cheaper uh, Debo obviously is nearing the end of his rookie contract, so much more expensive, and, and their cap situation isn't great. But it's not prohibitive; they could do it if they, if they really wanted to. Yep. Um, now, I mean, and, you know, Lafleur has the, the basically the same offense in Green Bay that the, the Shanahan's running in San Francisco. Now, does Debo want to stay in an offense like that? I mean, I thought, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't like being used as a running back so much, but. Um, you know, that's something that, that they would love to have here, that flexibility. So uh, I, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I don't know that it's massively likely, but I would not certainly rule, you know, out them uh, making a trade for whether it's Samuel or I know there was a report out there today that they've been interested in uh, Raiders tight end yep. Darren Waller. And, and they tried to get him in the, 
Devontae Adams traded, which I do know is true, but uh, the league doesn't allow you to trade franchise tag players for other players. It has to be a draft pick, so that was mixed right away. Well, I could also, though, see, uh, you know, Waller would fit right into uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, repertoire. Wouldn't he It'd be uh, an no unbelievable doubt. move? So, uh, he, Rodgers loves tight ends. He's had some good ones over the years. And, and then, you know, Jared Cook really was a factor here, uh, you know, for, for the one or two years that he was here. Uh, they've tried with other guys, veteran guys, and it's worked to varying degrees. Martellus Bennett was a disaster. Jimmy Graham was not as good as they had hoped. But they do love – uh, you know, they love tr- tight ends and, and Rogers loves to throw to those guys. So, uh, again, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't rule any of those things out at, at this point. What do you have coming up for uh, all the uh, cheesehead fans on ESPN.com here this week, Rob? Well, I think th- this week, the big thing for us is television. And yeah, you're going to get to see me, my ugly mug on TV twice, uh, tomorrow night in our mock draft show. I believe it's at seven Eastern time. Uh, or uh, check your local listings, as they say. But it's a two-hour show where all 32 of us uh, make picks as if we were the general managers of of the teams that we cover. Um, It's one of the highlights of the year for for us uh, in our NFL Nation group. So uh, I would love for people to tune in and and see how that goes. Good. Looking forward to it. Appreciate the time as always, and uh, look forward to the next time we get to talk with you, Rob. Great stuff as always. You got it, Steve. We'll be seeing you. Rob Domovsky, folks, uh, covers the Packers for ESPN.com and joins us here on Sports Talk as we continue. All right, still to come, Quinton Demps. He's about 40 minutes away. We'll have him inside our uh, 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Excited about Q Demps returning to the program. First, though, let's go to Charlie One with traffic. After that, a whole lot more coming up. 600 ESPN El Paso. Twenty-six past the hour. Sports talk continues. Busy news today. Tay Hardy, the first. You so man, Adrian. If everybody picks zero, they're a winner, and then the first name drops forty-five or to fifty minutes into the show today. That's how. That's how it really worked. It's like somebody from over there is listening to us. You know, the the jersey drops over the weekend as far as the jersey picture, and now we get a a name right after our 4 o'clock deadline. Exactly. Yeah, because that that became official just before 5 o'clock. So, you know, we've got one. Although it was about, you know, a little less than an hour into the show. So those of you playing at home with our Twitter poll. Twitter poll, by the way, I believe – if we looked at the number of votes and how everybody voted, uh, it was all interesting, too, because uh, we asked you how many prospects would commit to UTEP before Monday at 4. The winner was actually two recruits. 32% of you that voted picked two. Um, 27% picked one. 23% picked zero. 18% voted three plus. So... Zero was the winner at four. One was the winner by four forty-eight. Whatever it was, man. That that's. Uh, I feel like one was very realistic, but now they have one. It just was after the four o'clock deadline. So there you go, yeah. right there, Steve. By the way, I like Tay Hardy's Instagram post on becoming a minor. I think he put some time into it. I like the way it looks. I like the 
custom orange and white Nikes he included in there. That's got to be the first time I've ever seen a player incorporate Nikes into their um, announcement. And by the way, how about the fact that he used the Texas Western jersey for his pose and then on his phone he went uh, with the UTEP jersey. So, I mean, these are the things we're looking at right now. I mean, this this took uh, this took a little time and effort to put in. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, the uh, the Jordan, like the Air Force One shoes that he's got there, the, like the Jordan type ones, are awesome. Steve, I love the fact that he's got those included. And uh, this is how a post should be. This is how uh, an announcement should look like right here from a UTEP athlete uh, or from a now UTEP athlete deciding his commitment to UTEP. And uh, yeah, I, I know that a lot of people all over social media are pretty pumped about this one have we seen the gotta message before with the pick as the t or is that the first time that's been included in a uh, commitment from a student athlete i have not seen that gotham one uh no i have not seen that at all so that's a that's a really cool use of this i wonder if we're going to see more edits like this for the future commits so i like i mean as we start to look at this i like to unwrap this a little bit it is it is very cool and you know he included um, the pick in his T for Tay Hardy. So I think Tay really likes the pick a lot. And I don't know if it was UTEP's idea or his idea, but whoever it was, they did a good job of incorporating the pick as a T. They did a really good one, and they used it with the Tay. They used it with the Gotham. Uh, I like this a lot. I think that the uh, Photoshop editing skills were put to use in a good way uh, through this Instagram post. All right, so the good news is they get another guard, and they get an experienced guard. They get somebody that can score. He's well-built. He's built like a truck as a guard, which is important, too, because that's another thing you kind of wonder is the type of athlete that Joe Golden goes for from a physical standpoint, Adrian, that is something also to keep an eye on as far as these remaining scholarships and as they get filled this week. That's a really good point because uh, the physicality as far as getting some of these types of guards, that's going to be huge for the minors. They need to get uh, slashers. They need to get guys who can drive to the hoop, get the foul called on them, and then make some free throws at the free throw line. And they need some proven scores. Tay Hardy, back-to-back seasons, scoring double figures. You know, he plays in limited minutes this past season because of a shoulder injury injury but he's back in action wants to play and wants to help uh lead the minors this year and also now you wonder about the domino effect okay day day grant was just in town he was here this weekend and there's a guy that also very talented score coming from miami of ohio so could you see grant follow in with the domino effect could you see el paso's juan newton follow as well i mean there's so many interesting possibilities as far as what guards join the nucleus that right now features hardy um and then you've got mckinney and even to some extent you could go jamari sibley if you want that's right. Uh, I'm looking at guys like Anderson Cop, specialist, uh, who's a three-point specialist from Kansas City. He's a six-foot-five guy. You you saw what they how the UTEP coaching staff used uh, the trio of Bienemy, uh, Sule Boom, and Keontae Kennedy. They're not afraid to let those guys switch off from on-ball, off-ball type of you know you know a type of thing right there. Uh, you also look at other guards like Shamar Givens from Evansville, the the teammate.
height of Jawan Newton. He's an undersized guard, but he's a proven scorer. He scored uh, the over 13 a game at Evansville this past year and is a Toronto, Ontario product. So uh, I think the Miners will have a lot of good ba- uh, guards to choose from as they kind of close out the recruiting ideas. Well, now that Hardy's on board, you figure that maybe they could be, they can, I don't want to say they can be picky, but maybe now they're going to be a little more specific as to what they want, as to who they want to offer and, and who they want to try to get. Well, you still have about five scholarships remaining right you now. Do. So you, you obviously have to prioritize at least one or two uh, for the front court. You need yep. a big, you, you really do. And then the rest, you could spend it on guards. If that's how you want your team to be guard oriented, guard uh, heavy, like we saw this past year for the minors, maybe that's where they prioritize the, the rest of those five scholarships right there or, or four scholarships when you take away that one for a big man. Bottom of the hour, middle of the show. Let's head back right now to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. right now you have to you need you need really and you could even say three because you could even go starting small forward starting power forward starting center but you know how hard it is to get big men just look at last year and how ultimately the miners ended up with Alfred Hollins because every other big man they targeted they couldn't they couldn't land so that goes back to what you were saying about physicality get your physical guys get that six foot six combo guard wing who you're searching for right now uh, I look at one guy six foot four Ali Abdu Dibba from Chicago State I know that uh, Chicago State's not the best program whatsoever for uh, college basketball but he's a guy who averaged over 13 a game and and shot 51% from the field uh, last season. So getting more getting more size in your backcourt, uh, if you're going to go a little bit smaller with Jamari Sibley at the four position, well, then you need a stretch wing who's going to either knock down shots from the perimeter, uh, guard all all four posi- or all five positions, and uh, be able to score at all three levels. I think the hardest part right now is we don't know yet, really, based on, on what they're, you know, what they're... We just don't know what they want yet, do we? We, we really don't know for sure how, how the rest of this is going to fall. No, we don't. I I, we, I think we can kind of guess that like with the guys that they've already signed, uh, I'm talking about the the junior college guy in Derek Hamilton. I'm talking about the high school product from Rhodes High School in Jamal Sumlin. I think those are the guys who you're going to bank on uh, for like the next two or three years as kind of like developmental pieces. You look at Jonathan Dosanjos as possible immediate impact players uh, out of the out of the junior college ranks. So now with the rest of their scholarships left, I look at the minors to try to round out their roster try to solidify who they at least project to be the immediate impact players and uh you know get some scoring all across the board let's talk about what happened uh, this weekend uh, with uh, katia gallegos uh, announcing she was going to tulsa that was not a school that a lot of people expected we didn't really know because we don't get to uh, follow sometimes when uh, you know women's basketball players were in the portal as terms of their finalists because unless they get posted on social media or you know the players themselves you don't know who they're talking to. All we know is this Tulsa won 17 games last year they finished 17 and 11 they lost in the second round to the WNIT in triple overtime to Wyoming but a lot of UTEP fans that were watching that move very closely anticipated Katia going to at least a power five, that she had that kind of ability when you ra- you heard that it was Tulsa, 
A lot of people were shaking their head going, that seems just like a lateral move for Gallegos. It seems like there's more to the story here. Like, what what ended up happening in this recruiting process? I'd be so curious to know what's going on uh, with, with her recruiting, how, how the momentum really was. Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors behind this, but this felt, uh, for some minor fans, I think uh, felt a little underwhelming for Katia Gallegos. She probably sees this as, hey, I will be in the American Athletic Conference. I will have a little bit more exposure than I had a conference USA yeah. and maybe those things right there are, are things she really wanted um, you know like you were saying they, they played postseason last year it wasn't that special right there for Tulsa but maybe they needed a player like Katia Gallegos to take him to the next level well we'll have to wait and see how that ends up going but yeah that was an interesting storyline to find because when it did happen late last night it just wasn't the landing spot that a lot of us expected we heard rumors that it could have been Wichita State with Keith Adams going and getting Gallegos yeah that, that would have been an interesting fit uh, just knowing uh, Keitha's ties to El Paso, maybe she saw her as a uh, as a high school player when she was at Franklin High School. But now, uh, one of El Paso's own and Katia Gallegos heading to Tulsa. Before we go to break, I want to tell you about Jesus and Monica. You know they had already moved out of their home in Socorro. They needed to sell it because it was just sitting vacant. Here's what they did: they reached out to Brian Birds and his team, and they got the home listed and under contract in just two weeks for twenty thousand dollars over the list price. Nicely done, Jesus and Monica. It closed just one week later. You know what? They were so happy to get that home off their hands and uh, also the extra money in their hands. Thanks to Brian Birds of the Brian Birds uh, Home Selling Team powered by EXP Realty. Now remember, to achieve top dollar for your home, you need that agent who can create an auction-like effect with buyers competing for your home and driving up the price. That's what Brian does. In fact, Brian outsells the competition year after year because of those marketing dollars that he spends it creates immediate interest in your home homes that have spent months or years on the market with other agents brian can sell in a matter of days so call the official real estate agent of utep el paso locomotive fc and the rhinos the only agent i would call if i needed to sell my home he's brian birds you can call him at 751-1500 today Welcome back. Final hour of Sports Talk underway. We're live in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Quinton Demps joins us again, former UTAB minor, NFL vet, whose foundation right now, the Quinton Demps Foundation, uh, aimed uh, to benefit at-risk youth in the uh, community here in El Paso, uh, and, and in other places uh, is going to be getting ready for a very special event here tomorrow. The Top Golf Tournament, uh, raising money for uh, scholarships. It's going to be happening, um, and it's already a sold-out event, so congratulations, Q, on getting that done. Welcome back to the program. Good to see yes, you. Sir. How you holding up, man? I am doing well. You look good, Thank Q. you, man. I appreciate that. You do. I feel good, man. I feel good. How's El Paso treating you these days? Uh, I just got in about noon, o'clock, noon a day. I was going to say noon o'clock. Yeah, you can say I noon o'clock. Yeah, I like that. I knew it. I knew it. sounds pretty cool, right? To. But yeah, yeah, I got in about noon a day, and so right. it's, been, it's been cool. Yeah, it's been cool. You buy yourself a second house in El Paso yet so you can just um, have a place to live? Not yet. It's got to be coming. That's, that's, what I'm, that's my plan. Though. It's a housing crisis out there. That's why. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The market's kind of, you know, it's not good for buyers right now. 
He's got NFL dollars. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why are you in my pockets, man? How many years you play in the league? Ten. That's enough. Come that's on, now. Yeah, that's a lot of years, man. You do good with your money? Um, at the beginning, I didn't. After but, that? Yeah, for sure. Good for you. That's for what sure. I want to hear. I want to hear that. That's yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, truth is, it's tough when you're in your early 20s. It you're is. Playing on yeah. Sundays, mm-hmm. and you feel like at that point, you got the whole world in your hands, don't you? Yeah, and it's just, you know, um, it's, it's like not having any wisdom about it, you know? I'm I understand. Thinking like the money's going to always come until it stops coming, and you realize, you know, wow, I shouldn't have bought that Gucci outfit. <laughs> it sounded good at the time, though, right? <laughs> right. It really did. I remember, though. I yeah. mean, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago you were playing for the Myers and you're getting ready yep. to draft, get drafted for the first time. That was a yeah. big deal. Yeah. What year are we talking about? 09? 08. 08? Yeah. All right. So it's almost, eh, less yeah, than that's a long time years. ago. Yeah, it's a long time ago. A few years ago. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Um, draft is this Thursday. Yep. I mean, when you start to think about the NFL draft, does it seem like it was just yesterday that you were going through this process? No, it seems like an eternity. It does. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm an old head, man. I played 10 and I've been out for four. All right. You know, so I, yeah, the, man, the draft doesn't really cross my mind twice anymore. I understand. <laughs> but, I'm just, I think about that. A younger Quinton Demps who was uh, a big time prospect out of UTEP and yeah. you knew you were going to get drafted. It was just a matter of what round, right? Was it, yeah. was it nervous at that point just mm-hmm. with your agent and your family and not yeah. really knowing for sure where you were going to land? Yeah, it was, it was kind of, you know, um, it built, it built some anxiety for sure. Just not, not like you said, not knowing like what, what city I'm going to be in, what round I'm going to go in. You know what I mean? So it definitely, um, you know, has some, has some, uh, Made me worry a little bit. I understand, but yeah. it all worked out good. Look yeah, at what you sure. know. You ten, listen, I don't care how things work out. Ten years in the NFL mm-hmm. is ten years in the NFL. That's yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. How many years do you have to play for the pension to kick in? Um, three years and three games. That makes sense. It does. Yeah, or maybe two years and three games. It may have changed, but three years and three games when I was back when I was in. Okay. Yeah. And uh, when you play three years and three games, does that pretty much mean that right now you've got pension money for the rest of your life as a, as a, as an NFL vet? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That that's what yeah. I love right there. Mm-hmm. See those checks signed by Roger Goodell? That's exactly what it's all about. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. Good. Um, foundation I know is getting yeah. uh, bigger and bigger for you. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Have you been wanting to put together an event like this for a while? Um. Yeah, I mean, like this is you know, like you said, we we up and coming still with the with the foundation, and so this is our uh, second fundraising event. We had the grand opening, which we kind of raised some funds there. Um, then we did a um, we did a giveaway. We did we did a few things in the city. Um, this is our second um, go around with a fundraising event that I'm excited about. So, and you're partnering with Sun City Golf Company. Yep. yep. Um, and they are uh, going to they award local golfers mm-hmm. uh, scholarships for college. Yep. So the idea <laughs> here is is that this fundraiser is going to help them with a scholarship. Yeah, and also help us too, like um, for our next event, for our next uh, given you know thing we're going to do in the city. Is that the fun part for you is as you put these events together, looking to find different groups that you get to partner with for things like this, like a Sun City Golf? Yeah, man, it's cool like to, to find somebody who, you know, has the same mindset and wants to give back and make a difference in the city. Yeah, it's definitely um, you know, encouraging. How'd you uh, how'd you hook up with Sun City Golf Company? Well, uh me and the owner, man, we we're really good friends. And so uh we're just like you said, man, like like minded and uh, you know, put it together. 
Are you a big golfer yourself? You know what? I'm not, man. I'm trying to get into it, though. My my form is terrible, but I'm you know I'm trying I'm trying to get into it. I'm a, I'm a golf I'm a golf tomorrow. You know, see what I see what I got. Do you enjoy the idea of just being on the course? It's just you and yeah. and the course, and yeah. no distractions. You don't have to yeah. listen to seventy, eighty thousand fans screaming yeah. at you. You just get to play some solace, right? Yes, yeah, some solace, man. You can compete with solace. That's I agree I like with golf. that. Yeah, but the hardest part is it's just you against just the course. You. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And doesn't it drive you crazy when you're you're making a living going after guys running at high speed, mm-hmm. physical contact. The idea of professional football or football at any level is you want to deny the ball, especially as a, as a defensive back, no matter what's happening. Here, yeah. the ball doesn't move. Okay. It stays in one place. Yeah. <laughs> it taunts you because you know that if you don't hit it right, yeah. you got to go find it, yep. look wherever it is, yeah. and ultimately, you know, the ball. There's, it's just your clubs, the ball, and Mother Nature, and yet it is such a tough game to play. Isn't that when you think about how tough it is to play professional football? Yeah. And then you now you transition to golf. Yeah. And you think, man. This should be easy. Yeah. I'm using a crooked stick. Yeah. I'm hitting a ball that's not moving. I should be. I should be just acing this game. Yeah, you sound like you got some golf trauma going on, man. Oh, I do suck. You, do you golf? You terrible too? No, I, I'm bad. I'm, <laughs> well, the hardest part for me is this: I don't get to play. I don't have time to play. Yeah, that's right. You this gotta, job is. I mean, the only you need time reps. Yeah, you got to have reps. The only time I would like to play would be weekends, and weekends are family time for me. Yeah. So there is no time for golf until yeah. until my son takes it up. Yeah, and then I can go with him, and we can golf together. Yeah, uh, it is it is a difficult uh, difficult game for me right now. Yeah, so. I like I like Top Golf, man. It's, I it's love a, Top it's Golf. A vibe, right? Yeah, Top Golf is great. You don't have to chase your ball. Right, you got food right there. You get to, right there, and you get to hit yeah. targets. Yeah, it scores on a television screen. You tells me? you what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. And uh, the best is when you go to try to blast one out and see if you can hit the uh, yeah. the edge of the uh, the edge of the. That's the best, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you have a you have a pretty good drive? I mean, you can you can you knock that oh, ball? Oh man, we're gonna see tomorrow. We're gonna see tomorrow. Okay, we see. Yeah, we'll see tomorrow. But uh, give me. I mean, have you been to Top Golf before? Yeah, for sure. Right. A few times, man. It's a, it's a vibe. So when you go, mm-hmm. you tell me like what yeah. what's what's better? Is it your long game, your short game? What do you enjoy most? Do you enjoy just. Yeah. Do you enjoy taking a club and just trying to hit it I as do. far I as do. you can? I do. That's what I, I love. There's some adrenaline in that. It is yeah. adrenaline, yeah. absolutely. I like that. I want the ball to disappear yep. and it to give me the max score, and yep. I know I took whatever club they gave me, yep. and I just crushed it's it. It's the sound, too. Yes, the it is. When, like when you connect really good with the ball. That's right. Yeah, it's a good sound. You know, Adrian plays more golf than the two of us combined. Yeah, he's pretty good too. He's he is. Yeah. How do you? How's How's your game at Top Golf? Uh, I don't know about Top Golf. I've been <laughs> Top Golf in a minute, but uh, yeah, I, I love to get get after it and go to the course. Uh, you know, yeah. on the weekends. That's all I do on the weekends is just go golfing. You That's know? nice. Yeah, nah, the life of a single man. It's some so that's nah, <laughs> just crazy. Uh, what is your? Uh, what? what I mean, how far do you drive a golf ball? No, yeah. not that far. I'm I'm talking two fifty. Okay, so yeah. all right. Is it accurate at least? Do you keep it straight? Yeah, I can keep it straight and not Mm. accurate. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Now, tomorrow's event will start at 630. Mm -hmm. It's going to go to 830. Um, You're also going to have a silent auction and a raffle throughout the event. Now, here's what's important to note about uh, the fundraiser tomorrow, the Topgolf fundraiser. Um, All the bays have been sold. So they're sold. However, you still can come out, hang out, Mm -hmm. meet you, be part of it. 
uh, take advantage of that silent auction and the raffle going on. So yeah. even if you can't play golf, you can still hang out at Top Golf. Yeah, just come out. Just come out. You know, have a good time with us. You can buy a raffle ticket. You know, we have um, over a hundred dollars of. We got like. We got so many different uh, raffle prizes, man. Like nothing's nothing's twenty five bucks. Everything's either twenty five bucks or higher. So you can come out, man, buy one ticket for twenty five bucks, or you can buy five tickets for a hundred bucks. You know, and just I mean? increase your chances. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's so, the whole idea. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at some of these uh, raffle items. You got some silent auction items are really cool. You got some great yeah, stuff. Yeah, we got some really good stuff, man. Shout out to all the sponsors too, man. The city of El Paso really got behind me this time, man. So I'm I'm, I'm excited about that. For real. All right, now I'm looking yeah. here. So uh, the silent. Now let's talk about the silent auction items yeah. first. Uh, signed merchandise from you. Yeah. What What did you sign? Um, jerseys, helmets, footballs, um, pitches. The works, man. What uh, What jerseys did you sign? My jersey. Uh, what Listen, are you talking about? What jersey did I sign? Who else jersey? How did many I sign? teams did you play on? Oh, you mean like what team? Yeah, <laughs> what team of course your jersey. What if what I think you're gonna sign? Somebody else's jersey? Yeah, no, I'm, i I want to yeah. know what teams you're uh, yeah, you're signed. Yeah. Um all of them. Yeah. Every every single one. Yeah, for sure. I like that. So yeah. no matter so if you're a fan of if they're a fan of you, yeah. you can go and get any of these jerseys. Now are these gamers or are yeah. these just jerseys you picked up along the way? These are gamers. Really? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. How do, okay, that's another question I want to yeah. ask you. Yeah. If you're an NFL player, mm-hmm. how do you do? They give you a bunch of jerseys every year that you get to have. Like, how does it work? Where, uh, in other words, do you keep a jersey and yeah. when you rip it, it's yours? Yeah. Do you ever have to give it back? How does that? How does that happen? Yeah. So after after the end of every every season, you um, get an option to buy your jerseys that you wore all season. They don't just give it to you. No, this is the NFL. They I pay, know, they but they should. That's enough. We as gotta, as we the gotta buy our own tickets for home games. It's ridiculous. Okay, this is I the know. NFL. It's a business. Like. So you buy your tickets for games. Mm-hmm. You get to buy your jerseys. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you also get to buy your helmets? Yeah, absolutely. They don't give you any helmets. They don't give you anything. Is it affordable <laughs> at least? Yeah, I mean, they don't make it. Yeah, they give us a discount. It's ours. Right? We wore it all year, but it's still priced. Yeah. I mean, just out of curiosity, you don't have to. Like, you don't, a, like two fifty sh- for each jersey. That's a lot of money. That is a lot yeah. of money, man. Yeah. But it's authentic, authentic. Yeah. I get it, yeah. but still, that's not. I mean, think of the discount. That's not a discount. I mean, if yeah. we were to buy gamers, well, actually, I take that back. We we can't we we can't get gamers because they don't offer the public the same exact jersey cut to the same specifications as the players. Right, so we'd have to go with those Nike ones that are like what 200, 200 at max uh, with yeah. it, with its stitch. So it's so still true. a lot. Yeah. So you get so okay. So when you retired after ten years in the league, mm-hmm. how would you approximately how many jerseys did you own at that time at the very end of your career? Would you say if you had to pick all your jerseys out? So I played for five teams, uh, home and home and away. Uh, so probably what? How many is that? Ten. Ten, but did you buy more? Did you buy multiple jerseys from different teams? Nah, nah, I just what do you mean? Well, like, like let's two just say each, if like you, you spent two, two, two each team. Right, but if you spent two seasons with the same team, did you buy your jerseys each year That's or did right. you only did That's you only right. get them um once and now it's No, I bought them each year pretty much. So, so, well, sometimes I didn't, I didn't buy every single year, but So you should have close yeah. to like 18 to 20 jerseys when it's all said and done. Yeah, I got about, yeah. And specialty jerseys too. But I've also given given a lot away too. 
So you're I'm, generous. I'm probably, I'm probably down to like four or five. All right. Yeah. Do you have the relationship with the league where you can just always get more jerseys that were your jerseys, or do they not do that anymore? Um, I got a relationship with with a few teams that would do that for me for sure. That's nice. Of them. Yeah, yeah. I was I was a solid dude, man. I kept it kept it a buck. Well, you have to. You got to be solid. Listen, yeah. the whole idea is you don't want to you want to keep a good relationship so that when Absolutely. you're done playing, they yeah. stay you know you stay in their good graces. And well, you all just that. keep a good relationship because you're good. You're, you're, you're a good person. Yeah, you're a good human being. That's exactly right. That that too. Yeah. That too. That's a good, yeah, yeah. good point. But no, I feel what you're saying too. Yeah. All right, I, f- I feel you, man. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Quinton Demps is with us right now here on Sports Talk. When we come back, we'll talk more about uh, tomorrow's uh, fundraiser. We'll get uh, Q's thoughts on uh, the upcoming draft and everything else that he's got going on in his life. But first, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update 16 past as we continue. Back here on Sports Talk, back with Quinton Demps. You want to learn about the Quinton Demps Foundation? That's the website. The Quinton Demps Foundation. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. That's it. I like it. You made it easy, Q. That's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Tomorrow, Top Golf. It's going to be the uh, Top Golf tournament, yeah. raising money for a golf scholarship in conjunction with uh, Sun City Golf Company. And that's also going to be uh, very cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, proceeds from the fundraiser awarded to local uh, golfers with their college tuition. We're going to have the silent auction, raffles. Also, this is really important, too. Information on how to get involved with the foundation. Mm-hmm. So if somebody just drops by to hang out, say hi to you, yeah. take a picture, they can learn how they can also get involved with the Quentin Dems Foundation. Yeah, we need all the help we can, you know. Um, any, any support is uh, good support, you know. I believe it. Yeah, for sure. Adrian, I'm looking at the list of raffle items. There's some really good stuff that's going to be tomorrow. I'm telling you, man, there's some really good. Really, I might I might buy me a couple of tickets too. Yeah, I don't that's <laughs> it's good investment. I think that's really smart. You know, I like the fact Q that you have something where it's like a stay a stay and hang or like a staycation out at Hotel Indigo, yeah. but it's not just like the night that you're getting, you're also getting like uh dinner and stuff like that too. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. You're giving away. Uh, actually, these are silent talk shows. That ain't these 25 bucks either, huh, Adrian? That's more than 25 uh, bucks. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know? You know. So if you spend 25 bucks, you can end up with a prize valued at, at a couple hundred dollars. Maybe, yeah. Like that's the way it should be. Yeah, that's it. That's I right. like that. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, the silent auction, listen to this. In addition to your signed merchandise that we talked about, a signed Sule Boom jersey mm-hmm. from UTEP. Yep. And a signed Michael Vick jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that jersey by Vick uh, Falcons? Yeah. Or is it Eagles? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Falcons. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, you know, he played on a bunch of teams, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I always liked Michael Vick. Yeah. I did. I always thought Michael Vick was one of those guys that, you look at all the quarterbacks in the game today, yeah. he was the first to do it. Well, actually, Randall yeah. Cunningham was yeah. kind of like the first, but Vick just had a ridiculous skill set that, uh, you know, it helped pave the way for, for quarterbacks. It was insane, man. Like, um, So I was playing for the Eagles when he when he had first got out of jail and did his time and stuff, which, you know, we got to have grace, people, if you're listening to him, right? Listen to me. There you go. Forgive him. He did his time, right? He's uh, Made a mistake and he talked about it. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, so I saw him in the locker room, man. I, just, I was like a baby in a candy store. I was like, wow. That's Michael Vick, man. What was he like to you since you were uh, you cool. know, a youngster at the yeah, time? Yeah, man, he was cool, man. He was cool, man. Like, he's, you know, no stress, no worries. Like, he had a cool, chill vibe, you know, real peaceful. So, nice. Yeah. Well, somebody's going to win a Michael Vick jersey yeah, uh, in an auction. That's going to be really cool. And I like the Sule Boom <clears throat> auction as well, Adrian. Yeah, I yeah. like that one too. Q, what, what's it like playing for Andy Reid, speaking of that time period? Andy Reid's probably one, the, one of my favorite coaches I played for. He's just a player's coach, man. He, um, he, he, 
it's no stress. Like he treats you like a grown man. You know what I mean? No, no, none of that. You know, he ain't watching over you. His thing is, man, come handle your business and I'll leave you alone. Let you be you. Like, let your personality shine. You know what I mean? Did you play for him in both um, Philly and KC? Yeah, so he drafted me. Okay. And then um, I was on the street. I didn't have a job at the time. And he probably in the Kansas City. So That was nice. So, yeah. so really, yeah. you mean, Relationship, you could, man. You right? could say you owe a lot to Andy Reid. Absolutely. That's my guy. That is phenomenal. That's my guy, man. Yeah. Did you guys ever, did he ever uh, want to talk UTEP with you and just talk about the at old the days? Draft, at the draft, we talked about it. Really? When he first called me, he's like, oh, you're old minor, huh? Yeah. Because he, you know, connection. You of know, course. He, he coached yeah. for Bob Stoll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, matter of fact, he that was part got of me, that coaching that, staff. That kind of got me drafted, too, I think. He got like a soft heart for El Paso. I think so, too. Yeah, me, too. I like that. That's what I like about yeah, Andy. That's, so why all, that's why all the miners root for Andy Reid. Because they, they know oh, he's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's, he's legacy. He's, he's a former minor. He's an incredible guy, too, man. Absolutely. All right. Who else did you, uh, what other coaches did you play for? Who are your coaches of the Giants? Um, Tom Coughlin. Okay. That was a headache. You know, Coughlin's that, that a tough, was, yeah, a tough, was, tough yeah, guy. I, I felt like a little, I felt like a middle school guy making a million dollars. Well, he also has like a military background. Yeah, so and all that, that kind was of tough. stuff. But yeah, but it's, it's timeliness. You got to be there yeah. right on time. And I understand like some, that. like I understand some of that stuff. Like, but he just took it too far. You know, okay. he, he took it too far. Well, what's one example of that? Like, um, um, like with our outfits at practice. You, know, you can't wear this. You can't wear that. Or like, oh, really? He had like strict uh, dress code. Yeah, and then like um, you know, like if we had like a team meeting, we had to be there at eight. So if it's at eight o'clock, seven fifty-five, you're late. Oh, really? <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's that's good discipline to instill. But it does. We are grown men, man. Like, what happened if you show up five? They they find you. Yeah, like one. Yeah, if you show up at seven fifty-six, you're late. We're like, what? What's the fine? How much? Uh, I just it just varies a few, like a repeat offender, but it probably starts at five thousand. Oh my God! For five thousand dollars to be late for a meeting. Five for one grand minute? to be yeah. five minutes late. I mean, that's early? your first time. Off- yeah, if you're a first time offender. What that's- if you're in? What if you're caught in traffic? New York sucks when it comes to traffic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't. He didn't. He didn't uh, have any grace either. Man, that's tough. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, who was your coach with the Texans? Um, so I had two. I had um, Gary Kubiak, which is he's amazing. I, I oh love, yeah, I, I like Kubiak. Kubiak. Yeah, man. Um, then I had um, Bill O'Brien, which yeah. is probably my favorite. Coach. Really? And I'll tell you uh, why. I was gonna. I was gonna. I was making a face for O'Brien. How come O'Brien's yeah. your favorite of the group? Because O'Brien had the mentality, which is rare to find in the NFL. That I don't care how much money you're making, it's a fair competition across the board. So if you're making base salary and this guy's making five million and you beat him out in training camp, yeah, you're gonna start. That's, okay, and that's rare for, and that's all we want as players is like, give me a fair shot. Of, I don't care about my salary. I don't care. How I was drafted. Like it's man on man. Let me beat him out. And um, and most coaches you played for did win. not did no, not have that mentality no, at all. Nobody. Everybody they baby like, they baby the draft picks and and, and the hype dialer players, that. and that was it. All that. Like uh. you would kill somebody in camp, but he gets more money than you, so they're gonna start him regardless. Interesting. So Interesting. I, Bill O'Brien is is I can't. You know, I don't say anything bad about him because of that reason. Who coached you with the Bears? Um, is it John Fox? John Fox, yeah. John Fox is an amazing dude. He, he was just, it was just, it was just time to go. So for the most part, you were blessed with good coaches. That I mean, mm-hmm. guys that you, I mean, Fox is a defensive guy. That was his. Yeah. He made his. He made his reputation as a defensive coordinator in the league with the yeah. Giants for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, more, more than that, though, I think I think about my um, my coordinators and my DB coaches. My best DB coach. Well, one of my best DB coaches was uh, Sean McDermott. 
Mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills head coach now. Yep. He was solid. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, he's, he's my first DB coach ever, like in the, for the Eagles. So he coached with the Eagles. Oh, yep. so, he was, so he was on Andy Reid's staff. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And me and him, we grew, we grew, we, you know, we grew close. Very nice. I so talked you're not to him, I talked to him like two months. No, I'm not surprised at all. I, we knew that was coming. Does like, he ever want to bring you in to coach? Um, I'm sure if I reached out to him, he'd probably give me an opportunity to come be like a GA. Or, or, yeah, know, yeah, for sure. Or like, or like a you know an assistant to be like yeah. like a lower learn, and then yeah, work your way so, up. Yeah, for sure. I'm is sure. that something that you ever want to do? You ever want to get into coaching? I don't know, man. I'm coaching now. I but coach. I mean, in the NFL level. Yeah, I don't know. I think I like recruiting. I like, yeah, the, I like the, the college aspect. So you've been doing the college thing. Is this your second year now? No, doing it's my it? it's my first year. I just finished my first spring ball game. How was it? It was amazing, man. So you enjoy the college experience? I I am enjoying it because you're lot. coaching in Chicago. Yep. Coaching in Chicago. The university you're coaching is Trinity International University. Okay, NAIA school, small school. How's the how the first season go with you there? Um, it went well. Went how well. many games you won? We won three. All right, but we hadn't won. The school hadn't won a game in like five years. Seriously? So winning three, we, we it's a big we, deal. Yeah, we turned this thing around. That's you know? nice. Yeah, we turned it around. So I mean, the, the players if they haven't won a game in five years, they must think that this is like the greatest yeah. game ever. Three, yeah, the whole yeah the whole school. And does uh, does the team just sponge off you because they know you played in the league for ten years? I wouldn't say that. No, I got we got a good coaching staff. Okay, yeah, good coaching staff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, but what yeah. about recruiting in that same yeah. regard? That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, recruiting does open up eyes when I when they when I call them and they're like, oh, you quitting Dems? Or oh, I, I I text them on Twitter and I got a blue check and they're like, oh, I mean that does give ah, me, yeah, the give blue me some check. perks. Yeah, I get some perks with that for sure. You you're verified. But the, yeah, but that's then, right. But the, more than that too, I just you know I keep it real with them too, and you know I just. Uh, I let them know I care about them, man. Not just as an athlete, but as a person, as a human. So, so far for you, college coaching has been an absolute godsend, you could say. It's been, yeah, absolute godsend. There you it's, go. It's now, does your, now uh, for you, and, and you, can, you can tell me, what is the biggest challenge as an assistant coach in college? Biggest challenge for you so far, at yeah, least early on. It's, it's been, it's been um, having to exercise humility amongst the coaching staff, you know, because I, I know the game like the back of my hand, you know, and so it's like, mm-hmm. and then it's also been that part, that part where like coming into coaching, they kind of like playing 10 years kind of backfired on me at the beginning because like, oh, you think you know everything or mm-hmm. this, this and that. So just just that adjustment of, um, you know, having to be humble and, and um, earn my right to be respected as a coach. How about relating to the players today because it's a little bit even though you know you're you're not that much older than them it's it's a different generation. Yeah, but that's easy for me. That's, it is. Yeah, that's the natural part for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, cool. relating to players is a piece of cake. Yeah. Yeah, that's easy. That's a gift. That's a gift I got. It's good. Yeah. Quentin Demps has gifts, folks. I'll tell you what another gift is. He talks well on the radio. That's oh, for man, sure. I appreciate you're that. You're natural on this show. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. I had a show in Houston for for a whole year. Did you really? Yeah. What did you guys talk about? Everything. The game, uh, practices, just different stuff. So you, you were telling war stories and things like that. That's yeah, fun. I, yeah, I just kept it real. The city loved it, too. It was cool. I bet they loved it. Yeah. Talk to a former uh, Texan and, and yeah. share some of those experiences. When I was current at the time. Oh, you were do- while you were playing, you did yeah. the show? Yeah. It was That's live even cooler. Too. Yeah, we sat, We had at um, what station was Texas that? Roadhouse. Oh, nice. I forget, but it, said, it was at Texas, Texas Roadhouse like Mondays. Okay. Yeah. Seven, that sounds like fun. Seven to eight. What was the name of the show? Um, man, I forget. I Did it have right. your name in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Yeah, All for right, sure. Good. All right. Q's a natural. We'll keep things moving here in a second. Uh, bottom of the hour. Let's get right back to Adrian and get one last Sports Center update, and then we'll finish this one up here with Mr. Demps on 600 ESPN El Paso.
Demp's uh, Foundation Top Golf Fundraiser will be tomorrow, 6 to 9. The golfing will be from 6.30 to 8.30. Silent auction and raffle throughout the event. Although the bays have been sold, Q is inviting all of you to come out, meet them here at Top Golf, take part in the silent auction and the raffle, which, by the way, the silent auction will feature signed merchandise from Quinton Demp's, a signed Sule Boom jersey, a signed Michael Vick jersey, and more. Raffle items include movie passes, locomotive tickets, hotel indigo package, gift cards, and a whole lot more as well. Donations will benefit the Sun City Golf Scholarship, awarding local golfers scholarships for college. This is all happening tomorrow, 6 to 9, out at Top Golf. I'm excited about that. That's uh, going to be a lot of fun. Are you coming? Um, I should be able to stop by. I don't see any reason why not. It might not be at the beginning. We don't get off the air till 6.30. But uh, maybe I oh, can I can stop yeah. by. I'll bring my uh, bring my nine year old with me. We can uh, have cool. a have a little dinner out there, relax, see some uh, some guys. Maybe bid on some silent auction. I have yeah. to have some fun. Yeah, we got a couple of um Utah Utah players coming too, man. Big Do you really? Praise, yeah, praise. Oh, I love praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very nice. Yeah, it'd be cool, man. That is good. Yeah. Hey, how happy are you to see the miners right now coming off a bowl game? I'm excited. And for it's the gonna miners. be good. I love Coach uh, Demo. Did I say it right? You said it right. Yeah, I like him, man. He's a solid dude. You know, um, I talk to Coach Wade a lot, the cornerback coach. Uh, he's good, man. I'm, I'm excited for what's going on with them. Um, I think they're getting like um, former players involved, which is good. You know, that is they, good. They reach out to me a lot now, which is very encouraging. Um, so I got like I got their back 100. percent I like that because yeah. that didn't happen in years past. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. But so now that they're making up for that mm-hmm. and they're keeping you in the loop and yeah. reaching out to you, I think that's terrific. And by the way, um, we talked all about your draft experience and what mm-hmm. that was like going to Philadelphia. Did we? Well, kind of. I'll tell you a story about what happened? No, tell me. I'm here. I'll tell you a story. All right. Give me a good one. All right, so I ran a 4-3 at the Combine, right? Mm-hmm. I, I remember thought, that. I What's I the was... Combine like back then, 08? Oh, the Combine is, is a mess. The Combine is like, we. I'm, I'm, I'm literally like a uh, a piece of meat. You know, you go through these interviews, you go through this uh, the yeah, yeah. medical stuff. But it's cool. Right? You get to compete at the end, which is cool. And you took some really crazy interviews, didn't you? Well, no, I just had two. I just had two. I had the Arizona Cardinals and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. That was it? Okay. Yeah, I, was yeah, told I, would, the, I was told I the Giants been... had a really strange interview process in yeah. years past, but that's okay. Coughlin. Yeah, yeah sure. ex- exactly crazy. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I ran a fourth year of the combine, man. I'm thinking I'm going, you know, second round at the latest, right? Maybe I get in the first round because I'm praying a lot. But, it, you know, well, I'm thinking it's the second round. First day, right? Back then it was it was two days. Yeah. First and second was the first day, and third through, through seven was the second day. I remember. And so, um, Second round went by, man. I didn't. I didn't get drafted, and I was pissed. I'd know? be too. So I went out that night, man, and got just lit. hammered. Just hammered. Yeah. Just hammered. And so um, I'm at the house the next day, knocked out, bro. Andy Reid blowing my phone up. I'm knocked out, man. But so they finally got in touch with my mom. She comes in the room. Boy, get up, man. Andy Reid's on the phone. And I'm like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I can see that too. Yeah. yeah. So I hop up, get on the phone. He said, "Man, go, man, your name's gonna come across the ticker, man. We're gonna we're gonna bring it down to Philadelphia, all that kind of stuff, man." And so um, that's a cool story. So yeah. You, so you were hungover hung, talking to lit. Andy yeah. Reid after your mom finally got you out of bed that's and said, right. "It's time to get yeah. get going." I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that they didn't um, you know, stop calling and call somebody else. You know, they called me like ten times, man. Oh my god, yeah, you so wouldn't answer. I just yeah, I was knocked out. They didn't, and they didn't have your home solid. phone number, or they did. That's, they eventually yeah. called your home as a backup, and that's yeah. when you got your mom on the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh my god, your mom was probably ready to kill you. Yeah, she was like, man, get your butt up. Yeah. I believe it. Well, yeah, that's so good, that's yeah, that's a story. That's a good story. Yeah, where were you? I was at, I was in San Antonio. 
San Antonio, we you know San Antonio, man, San Antonio, Texas. So yeah. where uh, where was your popular hangouts uh, during your colleges? Where would you go uh, to go get hammered? Where is? Not here or there oh. in San Antonio. You said you went out and got uh, oh. got dressed. Where'd you go? Yeah, I don't know. We just went out. Man. Didn't you guys have a like place like favorite spots? Nah, we just nah, you just we went just out. Young kids, Riverwalk, man. nothing like that. You didn't nah, that? we yeah, we're just different parts of the city. Juarez, you went to Juarez back in the day. What? Yeah, that was yeah. a popular hangout for you, huh? Yeah, ten bucks, strength till you drown. There you go. Would you take recruits there? Right now? No, then. Yeah, we did. Yeah, right. for sure. That's what, not now. Yeah, for sure. yeah. A little different now, but I mean, yeah. then you would, huh? Yeah. PSA, I don't, I don't drink like that anymore. You stopped. That's, yeah, yeah. So just PSA. Well, you know, it's, I appreciate that. <laughs> That's good. You can, uh, you can go tomorrow, relax, have a have a beverage, have a nice cold beverage with yeah. uh, Quentin Demps tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Bid on some silent auction items and mm. have some fun. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a good time. That is good. Who's the biggest biggest partier you've ever been associated with in your NFL career? Who was one guy mm. that just loved to go out and for him it was like a party night the after name, night the after name night? Name is right on the tip of my tongue. What team? Oh, forget. Golly, you played with five of them. Man, he used to come in hammered every um, game, almost. Oh my god. I don't know. Would I be snitching if I say his name? Yeah, he kind of would. Yeah, I wouldn't tell him. What man. position is he? Um. Uh, Definitely defense. Okay. All right. Yeah. If you said quarterback, I would have been like, wow. Yeah. No, nah, not quarterback. Not quarterback. Even though I heard some stories about Jay Cutler, but. We all did. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I, still, I still can't think of the name, though. Uh, that's okay. That, yeah. that, that, that's, that's quite all right. Um, meanwhile, tell me about what's going on in the future with the Quentin Dems Foundation. What are some of the other initiatives you're, you're working on right now? Yeah, so we, uh, I know for sure we got in stone. We're doing like a, a paint to heal for the Walmart victims just uh, coming up um, August. And um, we plan to do something before that too, but we got to just sit down as a team and really you know, iron it out. That's but good. we just yeah we're gonna give back man we're gonna you know help out some poor people some people who need it for sure that's awesome that was the whole mission of this foundation when Absolutely. it first started yeah man yeah I'm just a servant at heart so well I love the fact you're back I love the yeah. fact that even though you're coaching college ball out there in Chicago you, you yeah. make time to come back out here yeah. and, and do that and it's almost like El Paso is your second home no it is it is it is man like I said I tell everybody man I grew up here I and mean, I became a man here so my dream my dream my dream came true here so that's awesome this is a meaningful spot for me for sure no we appreciate it it's great to see you yeah man. Um, any advice uh, for, for the six former minors right now that mm-hmm. are all going to be uh, hopeful to get drafted? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's going to be tough this year because of the six, they could all possibly be unsigned, undrafted free agents. Mm-hmm. But look what Nick Needham's doing in Miami right now. Yeah. That's a great example of how yeah. you don't have to be drafted to start in the NFL. Yeah, man. I mean, I, w- I would just say, man, just just remember that um, all that matters, man, is um, getting an opportunity to put the helmet on getting the opportunity to be in a locker room and um, go compete. No matter about, nobody cares about draft status. You know, once you're in the door, make your name known. You know what I mean? You wouldn't give those 10 years up for anything, would you? Maybe. Uh-oh. Yeah, maybe. Uh-oh. I wasn't I got, expecting I got a, that. I got, a, I got a love and hate thing with, 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 with ball. But oh, that's, really? that's just me. That's you personally. Yeah, that's my, that's my journey. My journey was pretty, you know. But, it, it, you know, not, not not for sympathy, but, you know, I, maybe I would give it up. Interesting. Yeah, for some okay. peace of mind. If you weren't playing football, mm-hmm. what would you have probably done as a career? What do you think? Let's take me back to 22-year-old really Quentin Dems. What would you have done if it wasn't for football? I was really into music, but I probably would have. Yeah, that probably would have. So I don't know. Um, I would say entrepreneurship, but I, I really mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I like that either. No? I'd probably be like, I don't know. Like, you wouldn't want to work for corporate America, would you? 
Nah, I wouldn't. Nah, you have wouldn't. your own business and start your own thing, or just something yeah, like, like a that. boys and girls club or something. Some, something cool. to give back. Like, I like you know that. What I mean? Yeah, like something to help out. Something. Even as a college athlete, you could have seen yourself doing that. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like something. Like yeah, but, a mentorship. Yeah, but yeah. look at it this way: you played ten years in the league. You got to, you got to see, make, make a lot of friends, meet a lot of people, and mm. uh, you came out with, uh, your, you know, your uh, your faculties all in one place. That's also really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good assumption. I mean, I you, would hope so. Yeah, Hopefully, you, you didn't get yeah. scrambled too badly. Yeah, I'm pretty bad. I'm pretty bad. Nah, but um, you, you know, I'd probably be speaking. I'd probably be speaking, man, if I didn't do that. Good. Maybe be hosting yeah. a radio show full yeah, time. Maybe. All right, Adrian. We've got a uh, we've, we've we've got some hope here. We got we have another one. Hey, he could he could host a three hour show for sure. Not I'm host, not worried no, about not that. host, not host. I can have a conversation for three hours with you guys though. Ah, you, you can guys, host it. You That's, guys host it well. Yeah, you, you can guys do host it well. Job. All right, listen. Yeah. I appreciate. It. Great to see you. Yeah, you too, man. And have fun tomorrow out at Top yeah, Golf. Okay, for sure, man. Appreciate right. it. He's Quinton Dems, folks, joining us here. Nineteen in front of seven. We'll wrap it up next on six hundred ESPN El Paso.